2: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Moran Analytics Podcast, episode number 72. Today is Friday, Black Friday, November 23rd, 2018. I am Patrick Moran, and as you're hearing this, I really hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday. Coming up on today's show, I grabbed the new guy in the Buffalo sports media scene for an extended interview. Newly appointed Buffalo Sabres beat reporter over at the Buffalo News, Lance Lysowski is my guest today, and we're talking about a wide variety of things. I figure this is a good chance and opportunity, not just for me to get to know Lance a little bit, but for all the Buffalo sports fans out there listening as well. We talk about his growing up in Youngstown, Ohio as a hockey fan, Theo Flory in particular, which I found pretty interesting. We discuss his decision to go to Kent State for college and some of the gigs that followed that before he ultimately landed his job at the Buffalo News, including the past two years plus as a beat reporter covering the Pittsburgh Pirates. I talked to Lance about the process of getting that job at the Buffalo News, and he reveals if it was an easy or a tough decision to decide to move to Buffalo, New York. We talk a little bit, but not much about the team he covers. And basically, I just pick his brain with a series of questions about sports media, social media, his initial impressions of Buffalo, where he's getting his chicken wings from, because we all know in Buffalo how important that is. And then, of course, the Moranalytics podcast, traditional mini lightning round end things where I throw down a series of fun little human interest questions for Lance. It's a good interview. I'm really, really impressed with this guy. I don't know, man. I just get a really good sense that Lance is a guy that's going to be around for a while and people are really going to come to warm up to him and like him. You know, the Buffalo News is rebuilding with new men and women. They lost a lot of seasoned veterans this year and they lost them all at one time. That's tough to overcome. I don't care who you are. And to their credit, they are working on it. You know, you got to give things a chance at some time. You got to get to know these new people a little bit and let them have a chance to make a favorable impression on you. All these vets that were around for so long, the Tim Grahams and John Vogels, the Buckies, the Sullys, Bob Desari, etc. You know, they were all in the same position at one time or another. They were the new guy. So it just, it takes time and it takes good work over a long period of time. And I just, I don't know, I just have a really good feeling about Lance. Anyway, it's a good interview. I had a lot of fun talking to Lance. I enjoyed doing it. We taped it a couple days ago with it being Thanksgiving this week. And I'm going to bring that to you in just a minute. Before that, just a quick little programming note. Usually I have the running with Joe on Fridays as well. But with this being a holiday week, no Bills game from last week to talk about. And me and Joe usually talk wrestling, but I already had a Survivor Series recap on Tuesday's show with Nick Hossman from Wrestling Inc., so I just figured this is a good spot to give the running segment a little break. No worries though, Joe will be back and the running with Joe will still be a regular thing on this podcast. So will, by the way, other things. Um, working behind the scenes a little bit to develop more regular segments on this show. I want to continue to grow it and put some consistent, reliable content two times each week for you guys to look forward to and enjoy. Of course, the meat and the potatoes of the Analytics podcast will always be interviews with guests. And I'm continuing to work hard on having great guests in the weeks to come, whether that's somebody from the world of Buffalo sports, nationally, and frankly, beyond just sports. I want to start getting some musicians, actors, just a wider variety of guests on in future episodes. It's a work in progress for sure. One last thing, too, and then we'll get going. It was just Thanksgiving, so I'd be remiss if I didn't thank everyone who continues to listen to this podcast. Seriously, and I'm being extremely sincere here, it's very humbling to have done 72 of these episodes now and have it continue to grow and get stronger with more listeners each week. It's been incredible. Seriously, I really do. I appreciate everyone listening. I appreciate everyone out there who has subscribed on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever the hell it's called now that or other outlets like Spotify, iHeartRadio and such. And I also appreciate everyone who's left ratings, reviews, good feedback on iTunes, etc. By the way, this podcast was actually charting on Apple Podcasts a few weeks ago. I got all the way up to number 130 on the charts. That was a big thrill, hoping to do that again. So if you got friends out there, tell them to subscribe to the Real Analytics Podcast. It means a lot to me. Anyway, thank you so much. Enough about me. Here's my interview with Lance Lysowski of the Buffalo News. All right, my guest today is the Sabers beat writer at the Buffalo News. He comes over from DKPittsburghSports.com, where he spent the past two plus years covering the Pittsburgh Pirates. I am talking about Lance Lysowski. What's going on, Lance? Good to have you on the podcast. Wrap with you a little bit here. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Ah, It's great to have you, man. I've been looking forward to ever since you came to Buffalo. I said, you know what? New guy here covering the Buffalo Sabres. I want to get to know him a little bit. More importantly, all the listeners out there getting a chance to know a little bit about you. It's kind of funny too. I mean, the Buffalo Sabres have pretty much stunk over the last six, seven years and you come here and you start covering them and you're jumping right into covering a team that's really good.
0: Well, you kind of had the feeling before I even showed up that this team was going to be much different than they were last year or the year before that. There was just that feel to it. You kind of got a sense of that in preseason and early in the regular season. Young guys, young talent, the moves that they made in the offseason, it just seemed like it was going to come together. I'm not going to say I predicted this sort of winning streak or just the, the type of success they're having at this point in the season. But you knew the tide was going to turn at some point.
2: Sure. We'll circle back to the Sabres in a few. Before that, though, I want to do what I do with most of my guests. I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Now, you're from Pittsburgh. I did some reading up on you. You're from Pittsburgh, but you grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. What was life like for you growing up in Youngstown, Ohio? It was
0: interesting. I mean, it's a small steel town. There's really not much there besides the university. And uh, sports, it's just high school football, the Browns even at that point, the Cleveland Indians, because they were so good in the 90s. And then everybody who lived in Youngstown who followed hockey, it was all about the Penguins in their early 90s, obviously, with the success they had. And just growing up, it was interesting because now you see almost in every town, you know, what, east of Iowa, hockey seems to be everywhere. It doesn't matter what the state is or what the city is. But growing up when I did, you know, we had one rink, uh, a few very small, unorganized leagues, and uh, I could show up to Buffalo, and it's just amazing to see just how big youth hockey is. And I even saw that in Pittsburgh, and that's what, you know, (laughs) has always stood out to me. But you always had to kind of follow what was going on in other cities to get your your fill of hockey.
2: We all have our personal favorites. When you were a little kid who were a couple of your favorite teams, and favorite athletes. And were you a hockey kid or did you like all kinds of sports? Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my main
0: two teams, obviously, were the Cleveland Indians and sadly the Browns. I mean, they were gone for, what, four years, five yeah. years uh, in the middle of my childhood. Childhood came back and have only made the playoffs once since. And I grew up watching the Penguins quite a bit because that was the only hockey team, you know, we got on t- television. I mean, the Blue Jackets weren't around even when they showed up in Columbus. You couldn't get any of their games on television in Youngstown, so and favorite athletes. I mean, most of my favorite athletes were, strangely enough, I mean, uh, Vladimir Guerrero was my favorite baseball player. Loved the Expos. Really always tried to see. Yeah, cool. I always cool. tried to see the Expos whenever they came into town in, in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, Manny Ramirez, when he was with the Indians, uh, Theo Fleury was my favorite NHL player growing up because he was a short guy, and you know I had to. I had to love the way that he played the game, always fiery, just trying to go after guys. And, you know, Forsberg was another one. Uh, I liked watching Yager growing up, just uh, the swagger he had. So many guys, you know, that, that was a fun time to kind of grow up watching the game. You know, there was a little a couple of years there after that era kind of passed where you didn't have those stars across the league. And I think we're finally back to that, where there's just so many guys in the NHL. They're just really enjoyable to watch, even if you don't really have a stake in, in whatever team you're watching.
2: Sounds like you're a very knowledgeable hockey kid. You know, even going back to being a kid, I should say, did you play hockey growing up? Did you play any sports? Oh
0: yeah, it was tough growing up. Like I said, it it was, it was really unorganized. You only had the one, the the one rink in town. Uh, Travel was nuts. I mean, we'd always have to go up to Erie in the dead of winter, or sometimes Pittsburgh, Cleveland. You could rarely get a good game in the Youngstown area, unless it was your, you know, your club, your club high school hockey teams. And once it, uh, I think we, we didn't have the numbers to field a club hockey team for my actual high school. So we had to merge with two other high schools. Once that happens, you can't really play with your buddies and a few few guys I grew up playing with moves. So I just wanted to hang out with friends and, (laughs) and kind of, you know, have, have some free time instead of, you know, spinning my wheels, trying to play club hockey with, you know, couple of club teams. So my brother played throughout college though. He, he played at Kent State D1 ACHA. So I've been around the game pretty steadily since I was what, four, or five years old. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I
2: grew up watching it every night. I know that. Now you also went to Kent State as well. One of the things I like to ask all my sports media guests on here, athletes too, I guess for that matter, why did you choose to go to Kent State and were there other schools that you considered going to, or maybe that you wanted to go to, or was it Kent state all the way for you?
0: Well, the thing, the thing is, I mean, you look at like out of, I, I wanted to pay in-state tuition; you know, that's a big thing. I mean, if you're going sure. to leave college, you know, so I looked at all the journalism schools, mostly in Ohio to try to stay in state. And honestly, I mean, I got accepted to, to some liberal arts schools and that sort of thing. But once you know, you, you see a, a good journalism program and Kent state's is. Above and beyond any other in the state of Ohio, when it comes to colleges, yeah, you, know, you, you see that. I think they had a new, they had a brand new facility when I was like taking my college visit. So it was a layup. Plus, that's a really cool college town. You know, nice, nice little area. You know, not at home, but just, just far enough to kind of get away from everything. And uh, you're still going to college with some of the, some of the buddies you you went to high school with.
2: Did you know that you wanted? By the time you got to college, did you already know? That sports journalism was something that you wanted to pursue for a living. Was there a point before college or did it come during college where you said, you know what? I think this is what I want to do in my life. Maybe it well, came real. It's, or funny.
0: Right. You know, it's funny because uh, you know, in high school I were you know, I wrote for the high school papers, just you know, aside, you know, you had to take a. I I think it was some sort of an elective. It was either journalism or something else. So I took journalism, give it a shot. I mean, I liked like sports. I I read, you know, pretty much everything that, you know, you could possibly consume at the time. So I thought hey give it a shot. I hate writing. Maybe this will kind of help, you know, help me enjoy it a little bit and kind of just took off from there. I went to Kent state. That was always the plan sports journalism. But then I think my third or fourth year, I uh, had to take a pub, you know, a pub reporting public affairs course that forced you to do other things aside <laughs> from sports and kind of learn the, the nuts and bolts of news reporting and really dig into some stories. And I did a three part series on heroin usage in Northeast Ohio uh, oh wow! Actually, turned out really well. It was actually really one of those really gratifying projects uh, that I didn't think that you know I would enjoy doing at, at the onset. But that at that point, I really thought, well, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't need to go into sports journalism. Maybe I can do some some different things. And one, you know, I graduated from college, and you know, you're applying from jobs everywhere, and. The best offer that I got, the offer I thought was the best fit was was sports. So, and uh, ever since I took that, and I, I really dove in after college. It, there was no doubt in my mind that this is what I wanted to do.
2: Now, before we get to your job opportunity at the Buffalo News, tell us a little bit about a few of the career stops that you had before the Buffalo News. And like I said, you know, for someone who's been out of school, what, eight, nine years now, or, or been working, I should say, at various jobs for eight or nine years, you kind of got a pretty lengthy track record already.
0: Yeah, I've been I've been out for 5 years actually, a little over 5. Graduated in two, 2013. I covered high school sports right out right off out of the gate and um you know, I think that it's almost it almost does young journalists a disservice covering uh, a pro team or a college team right out of right out of college because you don't really learn how to be an actual reporter
2: yeah, I, i'm gonna ask you if you could elaborate on that because that's a really good point for people out there listening well, elaborate well, on
0: i, that. I, th- I think and it's difficult you know i mean you're, you're taking a low salary it's not it's not the most luxurious job you got friends in different businesses who are making a lot more money that are getting weekends off you got to work friday nights but i mean really i mean writing high school football on deadline that's there's nothing more difficult and i've talked to you know, friends in the business who have, you know, who cover pro sports and have to help out on a Friday night in the fall because it's the baseball off season. They even say it now that there's nothing more difficult and it's chasing down, you know, high school kids after a high school football game before they get on the bus. And it's coming up with good questions because it's not very easy to interview a 16 year old kid, you know, after a practice or a game. And it's story ideas when you're covering 30 different schools in a couple county area, you know, it, it forces you to think, and you know it, keep, it keeps you on your toes. So when you you finally you, know, you put in that work and you get an opportunity to cover colleges or pros, then you you have a different lens to look through. I think that anybody that I've talked to who has done both would would totally agree with me on that account.
2: Now, right before you started working at the Buffalo News, it was about two and a half years at dk dot com. You covered the Pittsburgh Pirates. I love baseball beat writers because I just think it's an different animal than any other sport what's it like covering a baseball team i mean it maybe i'm wrong and if i am let me know but it just feels like it's much more of a grind just because of the amount of games and the amount of travel that's involved with covering a professional baseball team
0: see there are a lot of similarities between baseball and hockey i know that mike harrington could speak to this as well because he's done quite a bit of of both um the, honestly, the hockey with I think travel is a, is a more of a ground, grind for hockey because it's nonstop. You're in a city one night, you, you pack up, you don't even unload your bag. And great you're, point. You're taking a flight, taking a flight. You know, first thing the next morning to either make it to the morning skater, just to make it, make sure you make it to the next city so you can make it, make it there for puck drop or the coach availability before puck drop. Uh, baseball though, it's yeah, I mean it's six weeks of spring training in Florida. I mean it's great to be in Florida, but I know no I, case, I live there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're they're long days, but it's great because it gives you an opportunity just to get to know guys. And the one thing that I was really excited about coming to Buffalo with covering this team is it's a bunch of young guys, it's a, a bunch of energetic guys. Everybody that I've spoken to at least said that and I've become true since I've been here. Really reminds me of the team that I covered in Pittsburgh, the Pirates. You know, they got rid of a couple of veterans last year, kind of rebuild. And a lot of really young guys this year, really good. To, you know, you see them every day. It, it's There's a certain type of energy that comes with covering a younger team, even if they do struggle at certain points of the season. And uh, with covering both beats, it's just having a plan. It's There's a rhythm to covering each team. Totally different. Obviously, with hockey, it's morning skate. Yeah, your time in between games. You got your games, practices, baseball. It's it's every day, and yeah, it's a grind. It's a grind when you're you're seeing the team play four games in a row, or they lose ten in a row, and, and guys don't want to talk. The the clubhouse is empty. You got to wait around for guys post game an hour for for them to shower or work out afterwards so you can talk to them. It's different, uh, but it, honestly, it, w- it was a great experience. And I spoke to a fellow fellow journalist uh who covered baseball and hockey before i did it and you know he said it best that it's going to be like graduate school you know you're it's going back to school you're you're going to lose out on on some stories if it's being your it's your first year on the beat you got to get to know people get to know as many people as you can but you'll learn more in that you know the first year than you have in your entire career and honestly yeah that's and that's what's kind of gotten me prepared for this for this current job i have now i mean it's If you can cover baseball, I think that you can cover hockey. And I've been around hockey before. I helped out on Penguins coverage before. So it's not like this is completely foreign to me. I'm sure some people were surprised when, you know, the Buffalo News hired a baseball guy to cover hockey.
2: Yeah. Tell me how the Buffalo News opportunity came about for you.
0: Uh, Well, I just got a text message from uh, one of my friends in Pittsburgh who covers the Penguins, the Post-Gazette, Jason Mackey, who. Happened to run into to Mike Harrington by uh, Buffalo News columnist while the Sabres were in Pittsburgh for a preseason game, I believe. Mike told Jason and Josh Yowie, another Penguins writer, that they were looking for somebody, you know, as, as soon as possible to come up here. They kind of floated my name. Spoke to Josh Barnett, the Buffalo News sports editor, through email later that night. We spoke on the phone a couple of days later. I mean, as slow as it seemed like it happened, it, went by. it happened really quick. I mean, I, I know I wasn't the only candidate. There were in-person interviews, and it felt like 10 years waiting for, you know, the phone calls and each process to go by. But it was really exciting because everybody you, you talk to in this business, uh, the Buffalo News is you know the sports the sports departments very very good. <laughs> yeah, you know, this this city likes to cover hockey. Like it's in Canada, you don't see the, the sport covered like this in many cities in the United States. And I can say that because I've I've been around. You know, you pick up the newspaper, you follow writers across. Uh, you know, across the North America. So it, it's it's a great opportunity with a great editor, great staff. You know, it's it's been fun. You know, I'm, I, I couldn't wait to get started and, you know, just covering this, this latest road trip. It's nice just to kind of throw yourself in there and, and get started.
2: That was going to be my next question for you. I was going to ask you if you considered this joining the Buffalo news, I'm talking about an easy or a difficult decision, but I sense the enthusiasm in your voice with that last reply that maybe this was a pretty easy decision for you to make or am I oh, wrong? Yeah,
0: absolutely. A- absolutely. You know, it's, as much as the only thing, you know, professionally that would have kept me in Pittsburgh is the fact that, you know, when, once you, you're on a beat, it's almost like starting over, going to a new beat. You know, you don't know the players, you don't know management. But I knew coming in that I would ha- have somebody really, really good to learn from in Mike and a good editor, a, a good newspaper that has a vision for the future. And it was it made a, a ton of sense and in a great city like Buffalo, where The fans care, you know, I was covering a baseball team that had some promising talent and is likely headed in the right direction. But nobody in Pittsburgh cares about the Pirates. You know, it's the the fan base is dejected. They gave up after Andrew McCutcheon was traded, Neil Walker, all the bad moves they made over the years. So it's been incredibly refreshing to come to a city where win or lose over the years. I mean, the people in this city, they support these teams in town. It's great.
2: Now you're working, you mentioned Mike Carrington. You're working alongside Mike Carrington now. He's one of the more polarizing sports media figures in Buffalo, both good and bad. And if you don't know that already, I promise you that you will. People have very (laughs) strong. Mike's one of the best writers in the Buffalo News, in the history of the Buffalo News. He's also one of the most, uh, what's a nice way to put it, confrontational dudes on Twitter. You go at him, he's coming back at you. And I love it. And people I love him do. or hate <laughs> it for him for it. I personally love him. Mike's a great dude. He's been on the show twice. Good friend of mine. But anyway, what's your impression so far on meeting and working with Mike a little bit? No, it's
0: great. I mean, I never had in, in previous stops uh, somebody to kind of work with like that. Um, and I covered the Pirates. It was It was a solo show I covered. Over 130 games alone, covered most of spring training alone. Uh, there are advantages to that, but there are also disadvantages to that. Especially when you're new on a beat, you know, it's just the simple things like, you know, and, you know being introduced to people or learning how this works, learning how that works, and especially a guy like Mike who's been around this city and, and that franchise for as long as he has to offer context, you know, in certain events, just little details that might happen during a game, during a practice. Uh, one example is just how the Sabres practice, you know, Mike just told me that the last five or so years, you know, their practice, it, it wasn't nearly as fast paced as it is now. It was actually really slow and it kind of carried over to, to games. And that's just one thing that as somebody who isn't in Buffalo, who's not in it, who's not covering the team, I wouldn't know that. I don't think fans would know that really. So, it's those little things extremely helpful. And that's another reason why that this was just a no brainer to come here.
2: I'm with Lance Lazowski of the Buffalo news. Lance, have you gotten a chance to get to know a little bit or at least meet some of the local sports media folks outside of the Buffalo news yet? Like I said, I know you're new and you got thrown right into the mix here. Have you gotten a chance to know anyone a little bit?
0: Just around the hockey beat, So Paul Hamilton, uh, Bill Hoppy. uh, the- the guys from the athletic. Um, but that's really about it. Not many of the broadcast people, uh, few people from radio. So that's, that's another thing. It's just been cool to meet. You know, whenever I go to the rink every day, it seems like a, you you meet a couple new people every day. So it's, sure. that's what it's all about.
2: Do you feel like sometimes it could be advantageous to have a fresh set of eyes and a voice in a sports town coming over from somewhere else, of course, you know, some people, you know, been covering the team for years and don't get me wrong. They're great at what they do, but do you feel like sometimes it's an advantage to have a new set of eyes on a team that, you know, maybe didn't see the Sabres frankly stink for the last six, seven years?
0: I think so. And I think it's also just, it's, it's helped me just having maybe a different perspective on how to cover a team because I came, I didn't come from a newspaper, which some people might see that as a disadvantage, but. I came from an online-only outlet that's subscriber-based where you had to do different things to stand out in a pretty competitive market in Pittsburgh where you're competing against two newspapers plus The Athletic. So you got to do – and when you're covering baseball, not only do you have to worry about the games, you got to cover features and write unique features. So right off the bat, I think that's helped me, just knowing, okay, how do I need to approach this differently than maybe some people have in the past? It's just having a different lens. I'm not saying – anybody does it in a different way or does it the wrong way. But I just bring from my different experiences, which is what I've told people in the past is that, you know, covering high school sports, covering college sports, covering professional sports, everything has kind of prepared me to, when I approach a team, it's not even, you know, the guys on the eyes of the team itself, but just how you cover them is what makes the difference. I think.
2: Or been a couple of the guys on the team, as you're getting to know them a little bit that you look forward to talking to, whether it's in the locker room, after practice, after a game, whatever, a couple of guys that maybe you you want to seek this guy out because you think that, you know, he's a good quote or He's going to give you some good insight.
0: Honestly, I think the, the two guys that I've tried to talk to more, more often than not are just middle and Darlene just because they're the two, I mean, two, two teenage, two teenage, teenage guys. I mean, they're going to be the, the foundation you know, of, of this thing for years to come. You know, immensely talented, both of them. You know, it's it's younger guys like that, and you know, everybody's gonna flood flock to to Jack Eichel, and rightfully so. He's the captain. You know, obviously, I'll, you talk to Jack, you talk to Skinner, you talk to Palmanville. But, you know, you also, you know, as a reporter, you, you got to try, you know, forge relationships with different guys. And uh, honestly, I think that the ones I just kind of gone to earlier, Dolly at Middlestad, Middlestad, I was incredibly impressed with a 19 year old being as good as a quote as he is, you know, and then obviously you got Ockpost so it was a great quote, Pommenville. I don't know if there's a bad quote in that locker room. And Carter Hutton's been fantastic to, to talk to recently. It's. It's, that's what's really stood out to me. Even Mike told me at a time, that's, it's just a great group of guys in there to, that, uh, that get it, who are good to talk to and offer a really great perspective when it comes to the sport.
2: Let me ask you a question. And this is a wide ranging question because you've had it, like I said, a lot of pit stops and not too long of a period of time. If there is one, what do you think's been maybe the hardest moment of your career so far?
0: career well i think that it's just it's fighting off impatience because you're you know i was covering high school sports for two and a half years you know and you know you apply for jobs you're trying to get that next opportunity and you know you're finalists for positions you get the job interviews you're waiting for something to crack and it just doesn't crack and it, you know you, you you're you wondering if you're just spinning your wheels and wasting your time if it's ever really going to happen for you And that's when you just, you know, for me, which is leaning on people in the business, you know, people who I kind of looked up to, who I kind of respected and, you know, ask them right off. Am I spending, am I wasting my time? You know, is, is, you know, am I going to be in a position to get that opportunity? Do I have what it takes? And because there were times where it's like, all right, I just don't know if I, you know, if I can do this anymore, making, you know, making as little money as, as sure. I was. Not to complain because it is it, you know, it's a great job, you know, it's a great opportunity, but you know, it, it just it's tough. You got student loans, you, you know, you're paying the bills and you're you're turning sure. Yeah, you know, turning twenty six years old, you're like, wow, I just don't know. Should I do something else? And finally to I think definitely it was that. Because that impatience pops up from time to time. And that's why that's what made this and makes this opportunity so exciting and why i'm so enthusiastic about it because this is what i've been waiting for 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 a really long time
2: sure i i, I kind of feel like it's like maybe being a musician or an artist you know what i mean it's like it's a passion of yours and you're perfecting your craft but at the same time you can't starve you know what i mean you gotta yeah. find a way to, to to advance your career and make a living and and pay the rent and stuff and like that so it's a tough balance and there's
0: no there's no free time to go ahead and bartend on the weekends or, or right. pick up side jobs because you got a non non compete clause for writing. So it's it, it it tests you. It really does. So that's when family, friends, and you know colleagues. That's you know, I got a lot of people to thank for that one because there were plenty of times where you're you just question yourself there.
2: Sure. Here's another question I always ask my sports media guests on this podcast. Who's the toughest athlete or coach that you've ever had to deal with? And I'm not saying necessarily the biggest jerk or the worst person. I'm just saying maybe the person that sometimes made your job harder than you felt like it needed to be. Someone who just would give you a hard time. Whatever. They weren't accommodating as much as you needed them to be. Do you have one person, maybe two people that you could think of that you're like, now again, it's not necessarily somebody that you couldn't stand.
0: It's it, it's a great question. I, I will go honestly. I'm going to go with Clint Hurdle, the Pirates manager, because it's not that he doesn't want to he doesn't want to give praise to his players. He's very selective on when he might do that. He's very he's very cognizant of when he thinks it might be inappropriate to do that. He doesn't want to push blame on people. But for me as a reporter, I mean, he helped me tremendously covering him because if you need to word your questions ex- just perfectly to get a good answer out of, out of that man or yeah. to or just to not have him you know snap back at you because you know it depends on the day that man can as much as he comes off you know people can't believe it you know in that city when i tell them that hey he's he's a fiery guy he can he can come at you if you ask him the wrong question or he thinks that you, you might be questioning him so that's for me i mean professionally that helped me tremendously you know you gotta you gotta go in there prepared into in clint's office or I mean, he can bite your head off. He can make you feel like you don't belong. He can make you feel like just an idiot. And, and sometimes you are an idiot. You know, I know early in in spring training. You know, if you show up and you might just think during the session, hey, I'm gonna ask him about this, or I'm gonna have as, as this follow up, or maybe you didn't do your research beforehand and you just throw a question out there. He 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 opened your my eyes up to <laughs> to being well prepared for every press conference every media availability everything and yeah there there are times where he's going to make your job more difficult than it needs to be you know you're trying to work on a feature you're trying to ask him a question about hey how's this guy doing this well so it, it makes you creative and again that's another reason when you're covering different personalities i think just covering as many teams as i have been around as many personalities that i've had that's what kind of has made me kind of ready to deal with, again, just a different locker room, a different setting, a different team right in the middle of the season the way that I have.
2: I feel like in the world we live in today, social media, particularly Twitter, is an essential part of everything, especially when it comes to sports media people, sports writers, because that's the way so much information gets instantly consumed. And I mean instantly. How do you feel about social media? And again, particularly Twitter. Do you like Twitter or is it just part of the gig that comes along with being a sports writer to you and you like to use it as little as possible? How do you feel about it?
0: Well, I think I think it's both. I think it comes with the, the gig nowadays. You have to do it. And I think that people who run newsrooms across the country or run websites across the country that aren't necessarily just sports-based love the fact that they're sports writers and beat writers, and columnists, are so active on social media because you look at the news writers across you know this business and nobody wants to touch it. You know, it's it's so helpful for sports media. Sometimes a fan will point something out to you that, you know, is just a great observation. It's little things like that. I think that there is some a toxic nature to it. You got to know when to block it out, and not maybe be combative, maybe know when to leave things alone and know how to use it. I think that sometimes reporters are just giving material away on Twitter. You're just helping your competition to a certain degree.
2: All right, Lance. So I've done about 70 or so of these episodes And a lot of them have featured sports media guests, whether it be local writers in Buffalo or national, doesn't really matter because it's still all the same. During that time, I feel like I've grown a pretty good base of listeners. Many of them out there are blogging or they may be youngsters listening who want to grow up and become a sports writer. So when I have a guy like you on, somebody who's out there living it and doing it, I always take advantage of that. And I want to ask you this question right now. For people out there listening, what advice would you give somebody who is looking to become a sports journalist?
0: Be prepared to work hard and don't be impatient. And uh, it doesn't matter. Take any job. And don't, I, I think one mistake that I see a lot of young people make is. They want to be covering a pro team, so they go ahead and they think that blogging about a pro team and not being around it is a good way to open, you know, to get people to read your material. It's not. Go cover high school sports. Go learn how to be a reporter. Heck, go be just a regular reporter. Go cover City Hall for a small paper. I mean, be ready to make little money. Be ready to make sacrifices. In the end, if you work hard enough... If you put enough work in to get better cuz I'll tell you right now that when I came out of college I was nowhere near ready <laughs> to even work for a newspaper. I was lucky to get the job that I did, but I you know, you, you put the work in, you get better at writing, you get ready, better at reporting. You make sacrifices along the way. You sacrifice your weekends, you sacrifice your social life to a certain extent, but in the end if this is what you want to do, you, you got to make that sacrifice. But first, you got to make sure this is what you want to do. You got to make sure you're committed. And block out the negative, <laughs> the negativity that you hear about this business being, you know, oh, you're not going to make, you're never going to make any money. You're never going to get a job. I was told, and I know of people, in my class, my classmates at Kent State were told that we would never get jobs in sports writing because they just weren't available. Well, see, that that negativity is something you got to avoid. You got to kind of keep in your own head, lean on people, meet as many people as you can, because it's, it's important about who you know in this business as, you know. It doesn't matter how talented you are. You really need to know people as well. That's an important piece of it as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. Great points there. And I also think that you need to be more versatile in today's world than ever before. Absolutely. You know, there was That's... an era a couple of decades ago, maybe, where just being a sports writer was all you did. You know, you, you smoked the cigars and you had the old sports coats on, you went in the locker room and you got your quotes and you wrote your story. Nowadays, you better be able to do podcasts like you're doing today radio spots, TV spots, all kinds of interactive things that come along with just being a sports writer. You got to be more than just a good writer in today's world, I think.
0: Yes. And I think one of the big things is learning how to shoot and edit your own video. That's a huge thing in newspapers now. I see see, uh, a lot of young reporters who are really getting incredible opportunities in their career, well-deserved opportunities because they can do that. I think Courtney Cronin, who's covering the Vikings now for ESPN, she started uh, the uh, Clarion uh, Herald, Clarion Herald, I think, in Mississippi, covering high school football, but she shot and edited her own video, did incredible work down there, worked incredibly hard, and got really good opportunities. What I think she was she was covering the Golden State Warriors after that, and now she's covering the Vikings. Perfect example, and that's my one regret of my career that I will tell everybody right now is that, hey, I wish I did more video in college, but whenever I tr- I tried, you know, there was some punch back because it wasn't, you know, for my, you know, why there'd be other people in the newsroom, it, the, the student paper or professors, because it wasn't really that important for reporters then. So I just, I just came up in a different era,
2: I guess. Yeah. Now I know you haven't had much time to get settled into Buffalo quite yet, but from what you've seen so far, what are maybe a few similarities to where you grew up, Buffalo and Youngstown? Well, I think
0: that, uh, the well, the people are incredibly friendly here, which is very similar to Youngstown. Um, I think definitely, I I, I I love what I've seen so far from that. Everybody uh, told me about it beforehand, and it, it's really become true. Um, the g- great food, <laughs> that's, that's something oh, that yeah. Pittsburgh and Youngstown both share with that. And I think just the the two cities that you know I've had the most experience with, they've got really passionate sports fans, which of course is how it is here. And that's again what made this just such a perfect fit for me to, to come here. And everybody, you know, kind of rolls their eyes when you tell when you tell me you're moving to Buffalo and they say something about it, you know, well, good luck with the snow. Well, I'm i I'm sorry. I went to Kent State. We got probably more snow than we than I'll ever see in Buffalo. So and this is a great city. I mean you look at canal side, how incredible that area is. I live in Allentown. This is a really, really cool area over here. There's a lot this city has to offer. And uh, again, I'm looking forward to just having time to to kind of get to know it a little bit more.
2: <laughs> sure. And and so you have settled into the city. I was going to ask you that, like what area of Western New York and, you know, moving into.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty frantic to try to find an apartment in time to be able to, to start, you know, as soon as possible, because I didn't I wanted to start you know, with enough time before this road trip. I just went on to Winnipeg, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh. I wanted to get the practices. I wanted to get all the HR stuff out of the way. So yeah, luckily enough, I found an apartment in Allentown. that's really close to the newsroom and, and the arena. So it's perfect.
2: And it's a whirlwind for you. But you know what? When the season's over and you get to around next summertime and you get a little leisure time, a little time to breathe a little bit, I think you'll really, really enjoy Buffalo a lot in the summertime and all it has to offer for sure. Yeah.
0: And I, I'm, I'm really looking forward just to be more comfortable. Like going into next year on the beat's going to be fantastic. Cause this is almost, this is just like a perfect, you know, first trial run, I guess. I mean, it's going to be more than that. I mean, don't get me wrong, but going into that first training camp next, you know, in August is going to be really exciting because, you know, I've I'll already have known the team, I've known the players, know Phil Housley, know Jason Botterill. It, it'll, it'll be great. No, this is, Again, this is just a a really, really exciting time.
2: Now, let me throw you on the spot right here with the question, okay? Come next summer, you won't be the rookie reporter anymore. You'll be a veteran covering the team. When you go into that Buffalo Sabres locker room for training camp, are you going to be going into a locker room for a team that is coming off a playoff appearance the season before?
0: I would say so. I mean, look around the Eastern Conference. I just don't see... I don't see the talent there. I mean, you look at the you look at the other teams that are you could say could be competing for a playoff spot. You know, unless Pittsburgh starts making noise, unless some teams really wake up, I just don't. Which I don't really see happening. I think Buffalo has to be one of the top you know top eight most talented teams in the Eastern Conference. So, and I think they're only going to get better this season. Be interesting to see what Jason Boddie does at the trade deadline. You're going to see Middlestad and Dolly only get better. Uh, Carter Hutton's been really, really good. So I, I think they got the pieces. Of course, injuries can change any, you know, can change everything. But we'll see. I mean, they they got the chemistry. They've, it seems like they got the right system they're playing in with the coach. So uh, it's, it's a good time for the city's fan base. It, it seems like it's been suffering for for long enough, you know, whether it be the Bills with their up-and-down mess that's going on over there. Or just what's happened with the Sabres the last few years.
2: I got one more Buffalo question for you and then we'll wind down with the mini lightning round. Probably should ask you this right off the top. Cause it's probably the most important question I'm going to ask you for this entire interview. Have you had a chance to have Buffalo chicken wings yet?
0: Oh, absolutely. Where? I got blue. What's your, what's through, your favorite? I you that if I got ranch that I would probably be thrown out. Yeah. City, you so. That
2: shit don't go over well. Do You got a favorite spot yet? Have you had one or two places that you really enjoy? I'm gonna go
0: with Duff's because I tried Anchor Bar. I'm, you know, I I, I hate to to kind of pick sides here because Anchor Bar is pretty much right down the street from me. But yeah, I, I I just like Duff's the first time around, where I'll get I'll give it another you know round to see who wins. But I don't know, Patrick. If you got any more suggestions, let me know. But I wanted to start with those two.
2: Well, I definitely do. And my man, if you want to endear yourself to the Buffalonians, Duff's and Anchor Bar, albeit great places. To eat at, they're the OGs of buffalo wings. I always say that will always get my mad respect. But man, gonna be a Buffalonian, a real Buffalonian. You got to deep dive into the chicken wing scene. I'm talking 911 Tavern, Bar Bill, Gabriel's Gate, which is near you. Elmo's out in Amherst, Guestful area, Amherstale House. Man, I could go on forever. There's a ton, ton of good places to get your chicken wing picks on in Buffalo, New York. I promise you that much.
0: I'm also excited about the pizza because I, I hear, oh, I hear yeah. the pizza in Buffalo is also tremendous.
2: It is, it's great. You'll get days off and as you get to know some of the media people better, I'm sure they'll take you out and you'll find a bunch of great places. Don't just settle for Duff's or Anchor Bar. That's my only advice for you, but they are Fair good. Fair enough. They are good though. I'm, I'm glad you like them. All right, we're going to end with the mini lightning round. I do this with every guest I have. Nothing fancy here. I'm just going to ask you a handful of random questions. Not a lot of deep thought required. Whatever's the first thing you think of, that's your answer. All right, cool? Yep. All right, favorite athlete that you've ever covered? Jameson Tyone for the Pirates. Okay, cool. I like that. A non-mainstream star. What's your favorite activity to do when you're not at work? Hmm, that's a good one.
0: I'll just go with, I'll go with reading. Yeah.
2: Okay. What's your favorite city to visit?
0: Chicago.
2: What's your favorite sports movie ever? Uh, Miracle. God, you you hockey guys. (laughs) Everyone says miracle. What did you want? Any given Sunday?
0: That's a really good one. That's my favorite football movie.
2: That's a good one too. Do you have a favorite TV show? I know you don't get a lot of chance to, to sit back and watch much TV because you're always, you know, covering games and working, but do you have a favorite TV show or two? the that's current like that's currently on or let's do both matter? let's do current and all time
0: all, all time would be seinfeld uh, current would be god that's that's a tough one
2: it is because there's not you probably don't get a lot of
0: chances yeah, and to most watch of the TV, tv i watch most of the tv i watch that's current now is on
2: netflix me too so, yeah so
0: I, i'll go with ozark if, if anybody good one. Is, you know it's good on netflix i haven't finished the second season yet but i'm still working on it
2: if you had never gotten involved in sports writing in any capacity when you were younger or you you tried it, it just didn't work out. What do you think you may have went on to do with your life?
0: I guess teaching my brother's an assistant principal at a high school in Dallas, Texas. So probably something along those lines. I probably, you know, I guess me, yeah, I would go with teaching. I guess that's a safe bet. All
2: right. Second last question here. If Twitter were to send you a note and say, hey, Lance, you're only allowed to follow one person on Twitter. That's the new policy. Only can follow one person or one Twitter handle, and that's it. Who? What would it be? Who would be that one person you would follow on Twitter?
1: Hmm.
0: I will go with... I'm going to let everybody down with this one. I'm just going to go with... I've always liked to know what's going on in sports. So since it's hockey, I'm just going to go with Darren Dreger.
2: Okay. The simple one. That's a good one. Not bad at all. I'd like
0: to stay informed.
2: Sure. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Last one here. Same thing I always ask my guys. Three dinner guests, any era, dead or alive, doesn't matter when or who it is. Who you got? I'm going to go with Barack Obama, Neil
0: Young, and uh, let's see here. I'm going to go with Theo Fleury. I always wanted to meet Theo Fleury. Seems like an interesting cat.
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. Deal flurry. All right. All right. Lance Lazowski, everybody. Give him a follow on Twitter at Al Lazowski. Of course, check out his work now at the Buffalo News. It was nice meeting you and getting to chat with you a little bit. Best of luck to you. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing the podcast, Lance. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
0: oh, it was a blast. I appreciate it. Uh, good to tell you. <laughs> Sorry about, you know, trying Duff's. I will get to work and I will let you know, and I'll probably ask you for some food suggestions at some point, just because I'm curious, you know, people have different opinions on what's good, what's bad. You know, you always like to keep your ears open.
2: I I got you, man. And I'll tell you what, you put it on your Twitter, you'll probably get more mentions than you do when you post a hockey article. That's what Buffalo's all about. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, I, I, listen, I'll post the Buffalo Bills podcast or something, get a couple replies I post chicken wing rankings or something about that. I get three times as many replies. <laughs> that's
0: that's tremendous.
2: What a great city. All right. That'll do it for this black Friday episode. Big. Thank you. Once again, the Lance Lysowski of the Buffalo news. That was a fun chat. It was the first time I ever had a chance to talk to Lance. Really impressed by him. Very good writer. Very talented. I think he's going to do very well in the Buffalo market for many years to come. So thanks again, Lance. Guys, if you haven't done so already, please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Subscribe to this podcast. It's quick, it's easy, it's free. You don't have to do anything except grab your phone, go to your app, search Analytics Podcast, click the subscribe button. Literally, that's all you got to do. New episodes will automatically get sent right to your phone. You can play them and you can save them. You can play them and delete them if you don't have a lot of memory on your phone and it's starting to take up too much. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. If you don't have Apple, you can also subscribe via Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere future award-winning podcasts are heard. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pat Morant Tweets. And just as I did a couple of weeks ago on an episode I'm going to take you out today by another track from California-based musician Robin Ford. He's got a new album out called Purple House. I've given it a listen, and I enjoyed it very much. And if you don't know who Robin Ford is, let me tell you, the guy is a five-time Grammy nominee, and he's collaborated with some of the biggest and best musicians in the history of music. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking guys like Miles Davis, George Harrison, Steely Dan, Joni Mitchell, Dizzy Gillespie, KISS, many more. He's just a really talented artist. And this track's called Bound for Glory. Go out and get Purple House. It's a really good album. If you want to find where to get it, as well as tour dates, bio, photos, videos, all that fun stuff, go to his website, robinford.com. I'll drop a link in the show notes. Have a nice, safe weekend. Talk to you guys again on Tuesday. And here it is, Robin Ford with Bound for Glory. Say goodbye to your little
1: underdog. No more run and catch things you throw my way. The cutters off, take good care of yourself. We're bound for glory, but there's a price to pay. Not that you can't.